Yo, welcome to episode 11, Stash House Podcast. Got a good amount to talk about today, man. We're going to recap the national championship game from last week. I'm going to catch y'all up to speed on my playoff pool with the NFL playoffs. And I'll get in the future a little bit, man. Future Hendrix, his album coming out this weekend, man. I got a question that I want to ask y'all about future. We'll get into that a little bit later, though. So stay tuned, man. Chill out, relax. Episode 11, Stash House Podcast. Salute. What up, what up, man? It's your boy Tyler checking in. It's episode 11, Stash House Podcast. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. It's your first time tuning in. Welcome. If you've been tuning in weekly, I appreciate it, man. Don't forget, Stash House Podcast is available on the Anchor app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts as well, man. So, appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. Um, <clears throat> first off, bro, I didn't want to say the temperature done went down a little bit. I'm not feeling the best, so bear with me. But, man, the temperature done dropped finally. It dropped, you know, the middle of, July, uh, middle of January. So, yeah, man. So, just bear with me, man. Y'all make sure y'all bundle up out there, man. Temperature has dropped. But, uh, I've been seeing all all weekend, man. Y'all came up with another <laughs> another one of those challenges. I guess they're doing the 10-year, 2009, before and after. I think it started as the puberty challenge. And somehow it just went from puberty challenge to 10-year challenge. So, y'all sharing y'all pictures from 10 years ago. I'm not mad at this one. Uh, I'm just mad I couldn't think of my MySpace stuff to find you know, pictures from 10 years old when my locks were kind of shorter. I was kind of salty about it, but man, you know, by the time I record the next episode, please do not let this still be, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to see no 20-year challenge, no 15-year just, you know, y'all get y'all a little one-off. And, you know, I salute it. I respect it. <laughs> but, uh, man, let's start with uh, recap. Uh, playoff games this week NFL y'all know I told y'all last week I ain't in the playoff pool so I feel like you know I just keep y'all up to date on how my winnings are going and uh, this past weekend man, I went 3-1 and one again you know I'm not mad at it I was tied for first last week so I should still be in good, com- good company you know now but I do hate myself because Dodo had me going into the weekend I was like I figured one of the lower seeds will upset a team but <laughs> the pick I chose, I chose the damn Cowboys to beat the Rams. Yeah, I chose the Cowboys to beat the Rams. And in my defense, it was just an eight-point win. But, you know, the Rams just ran all over uh, Cowboys. Zeke Elliott couldn't get going. He had, what, 47 rushing yards. And the Rams had 273 rushing yards. So, you know, just, you know. Mismatch game, man. I knew the Rams. I don't know why I chose the Cowboys. I put that on myself. So, next week, we have the conference championships. We have the Rams versus the Saints. And we have the Chiefs versus the Patriots. I'm just going to say this now. Either way, the matchups go for the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad one bit. Either I, the team I picked to win wins or they lose, I wanna, I'm not going to be mad. Either way it goes, it's going to be a great Super Bowl matchup. But on the AFC side, we got Patriots and Chiefs. 
It's hard to go against Brady, man. And yesterday, those boys looked hungry against the Chargers. They just flat out whooped the Chargers. And this happened for the past few years, all season. Are the Patriots era finishes? Belichick and Brady going to split? Is Gronk, you know, all this. And every year, Brady done just showing the playoff time. They just hit the switch, man. They just hit the switch. But on the Chiefs side, I want to see what Mahomes, uh, I think they say his ankle or something, his foot. He had a little injury in the game. So I do want to see how that's going to go out throughout the week. I think we make our picks on Thursday for the playoff pool. So I want to see how that's going to, how that's going to work out. And on the NFC side, we have the Saints and the Rams. And I believe that's just going to be a shootout. I mean, the Saints defense got to clamp down because Todd Gurley and them boys, yeah, they ready, man. The Rams are ready. The Saints are ready. Patriots ready and the Chiefs ready. So either way it go, man, I just, you know, you can't say I hope for the best Super Bowl matchup. I believe any matchup is going to produce a great Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is in Atlanta this year. Uh, to everyone who planning on going to Super Bowl in Atlanta the weekend or the Sunday, uh, more more power to you, bro. <laughs> more power to you. I do not. I wouldn't dare. I always said the, the whole year, I said the only reason I go to Atlanta to Super Bowl Sunday if I have a ticket to the game or, like, I know somebody with a spot up there and they got, like, a watch party or something, or I can get it to Follies for free. Other than that, bro, I wouldn't dare deal with that Atlanta. All that records down from the Super Bowl? Oh, no. Oh, no. So, if you are going to Super Bowl, man, in Atlanta that weekend, just move right. You know, don't follow what everyone else is doing, man. Just make sure you got your plan set or what you plan on doing. Because a Falcons game on the, on the Sunday, one thing. Uh, Atlanta traffic by itself, another thing. Just imagine a, a Super Bowl, bro. The Super Bowl. <clears throat> so just move right, man. Just move right. And also last week, I did predict the national championship game. Clemson versus Alabama. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I had Alabama winning 31-20. <laughs> that was my prediction last week. I was wrong. As hell. Clemson straight drugged Alabama, bro. I think they put, what, 41 up on them? Uh, to my Alabama Alabama fans, man, what happened, man? From my point of view, this is what I think. I had Alabama winning. I gave Clemson enough respect, give them 20. But when you add in Alabama, they've been here before. Of course, Clemson been there before, too. Uh, Alabama well-balanced offense. They can pass. They can run. Their defense is ready. And plus, on top of that, Clemson quarterback was a freshman. Now, people were saying he's been balling all year, but, I mean, when you throw in, you know, you're a freshman against that Alabama defense, you know Nick Saban, he's defensive-minded. I figured Nick Saban come up with some kind of scheme to, you know, slow this group down. Bro, was I wrong? First play from scrimmage, two of those are pit six. But to two is defense. He threw the pit six. They showed him on the sideline. He was saying, that was my fault. That was my fault. This play throws a bomb for a touchdown. So I was like, okay. Like two, he came. That was from the first play to throw a pit six to come right back out and throw a touchdown like that, man. I was like, okay. 
Here we go. So then it was just back and forth, back and forth. What I think the game changer was, though, honestly, it was halftime. And everyone was saying, oh, Clemson got to run it. You know, run the clock down. They got to run it. Dabo wasn't saying, let's, let's play time management football with Alabama. We're not trying to go to no overtime, two overtimes with Alabama. We don't want to win on no last-second touchdown again. Dabo wanted to put, keep, keep the uh, foot on the pedal. Like I said with uh, teams who playing Brady in the playoffs, you got to keep the uh, foot on the pedal, man. You got to keep it on. You get them any chance of, you know, saying, oh, they're playing this kind of football, we can still get back in. They're trying to time manage. We can still get back in. Dabo was saying, nah, fam. We just going to just. The game was over with by the fourth quarter. You know, people want to, oh, they still made, nah. Just the way the game was going. And what really had me, Clemson kept the foot on the pedal. And Alabama seemed to play the time management game. Dabo was saying, you know, the way the game was going, Dabo and the defensive coordinator for Clemson. Bama was just running the ball. Bama was down at least two touchdowns still running the ball. Like, three running backs were playing. Like, they just kept on switching them out. And I'm like, fam, Clemson is coming out to score touchdowns every drive, and y'all running the ball. To their defense, they was getting yards and they was getting they were getting first downs, but Dabo, I guess they were saying, "Hey, you can see the the coordinator. Every time they show him talking to the defense, he like in their face, like you know, telling them, don't forget the game plan.' Bama is running; they getting first downs, but at the end of the drive, it's not leading to nothing. <laughs> like Dabo would say, we will let you, we can, we'll, we'll let you run. We'll get you, you can get your little, you know, four five yards, your first downs, but two is not about you know play action and throw a bomb for a touchdown. That's what's not going to happen. And that game plan seemed to work. Shout out to Justin Ross from Phoenix City. He, from uh, he played for Clemson. He just was catching like he had to have something on his gloves. Like <laughs> like the ball was like a magnet to his gloves, man. And a shout out to the, uh, the other guy from Phoenix City to play for uh, Alabama. I'm sorry I didn't get his name, but they took a picture at the end of the game, you know, swapping jerseys. You know, that was just, you know, a big thing for Phoenix City, man, the whole surrounding area, bro. Like, whatever you do, man, just keep going at it. These guys were playing for Central. They didn't win the state championship for Central, but, hey, the next year at college, they freshmen, they playing, for, they playing the national championship game. And Justin Rawls, you know, he's all over Sports Center the night, the night of, the day after. So that's a big look, man. Salute to them boys. Keep on going, man. But all in all, I was wrong. Uh, and I saw a lot of, you know, me, I'll take, you take the losses with the wins, man. You got to win. Ohio State get their ass whooped, you know. In, in my home, I'll be like cussing at the TV, saying stuff. But, you know, when you get on Facebook and Twitter, you just got to take it. You know the heat coming. Everybody knows what teams you root for. You, you got to take the heat, man. When it comes down to it, man, you get your ad with like that. I don't want to hear nothing about no well. At least we was at the National Championship game. Uh, we beat Auburn. We beat Georgia. Uh, it's okay. We got several more rings to go. That's all cool. But, bro, y'all got to, like, at least say, bro, I hate the play calling. Or... Sunshine, the Clemson quarterback, he just tore us up. You know, say that. Don't just come up bragging about, you know, stuff y'all did in the past. We talking about tonight. And that night, bro, y'all got y'all ass whooped. I was shocked. Uh, the play calling from Alabama was suspect. 
And Dabo was just saying, bro, we're not trying to have no. Because everybody was saying the game started. Like I said, Clemson had the pick six. And Tua came back with the touchdown. Everybody was saying, well, this is about to be a shootout again. And I guess <laughs> somebody probably showed Dabo on the sideline or something. Dabo said, nah, we're not trying to. Because halftime, everybody was saying, all the analysts, oh, Clemson got to get their running game going to, the, uh, to kill this clock, man. You know, Alabama, they still in it. You know, two touchdown lead, 10-point lead, just run the ball. And Dabo was like, nah, we trying to we trying to kill this. Like, before the fourth quarter, we're not even trying to give Alabama hope. So, I mean, Clemson, the national champions, national champions. Uh, this the first time, I think, that we've had the two semifinal games in the playoffs and the national championship game become like straight up blowouts. So I mean, hey, shout out to Clemson, man. <clears throat> shout out to Clemson. Shout out to the guys from Central playing the national championship game. And coming off that, I realized uh, if you thought I was like the most expertise, I would say, person about college football. I am not. I just now figured out this whole transfer portal thing. And when I say transfer portal, uh, last week I didn't mention it because I wanted to see what was going to happen like throughout the week. But uh, Dwayne Haskins, our beloved Ohio State quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, has said he's entered the NFL draft. I wanted him to stay, but I understand, man. Get your money, kid. Salute. Before then, though, I'm, y'all notice a reoccurring theme on this podcast. The universe works in funny ways. Everybody was saying, you know, Georgia should have got in over Ohio State. If that was the case, Georgia would have got in first, whatever, whatever. Not only did Ohio State win their bowl game, Georgia lost their bowl game. And to make, even, even make matters worse, Georgia's backup quarterback, the one everybody was saying he should have got in the game, whatever the case may be, Justin Fields has decided to transfer to Ohio State. (laughs) Sorry, Georgia fans. Uh, Sorry, SEC fans. But the kid made his choice. But what I didn't know with this uh, transfer portal thing, after the – National Championship game, Jalen Hurts, Ohio, oh no, Ohio State, Alabama backup quarterback, saying he's entered the transfer portal. Ohio State's uh, last backup quarterback, who backup Dwayne Haskins, he entered the transfer portal. So I'm like, bro, what is this transfer portal? What is it? So I did a little research. Entering the NCAA transfer portal is a necessary first step for any athlete who wishes to transfer to another institution. Once an athlete decides to transfer and is added to the database, any coach can contact the athlete. The process is now in the hands of athletics past situations where universities block talented players leaving are no longer permissible. However, schools are now allowed to cancel the scholarships of players at the end of semester, which they express to their intent to transfer. So, we have the guy, Sunshine from Clemson, Kelly Bryant. Apparently, he was in the transfer portal when he decided to transfer to Clemson. This is my first time actually hearing the word transfer portal. This is what I'm saying. I know 
players can transfer or whatever, whatever. But I never knew it was like a a database where coaches can just see, oh, this guy's saying he wants to transfer. We can contact him. I never knew that was the case. I never knew that. And it's funny, somebody, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, and they were saying, yeah, man, uh, college football getting more and more like the NFL with the, you know, transfers, make it seem like, you know, trades and all that. And it's really like the trading block. This is basically what transfer transfer portal, like, sounds like to me. Except, you know, they can cancel your scholarship, you know. And I never knew that. So that really took me by surprise. And I see a lot of uh, speculation about where Jalen Hurts is going to go. I've been hearing the U, people saying he may stay in the SEC to get revenge on Alabama. He may go back home uh, to Texas, to his home state. Uh, Honestly, y'all, I don't know, honestly. Uh, I see a lot of people saying Alabama did him dirty. I don't really agree with it because in the game against Georgia, and that's a championship game, he was playing bad. Tua came in, took over, they won. But I think a lot of people forget uh, they have training camps, uh, all this throughout the summer before the season starts. I'm sure Nick Saban being the mind he is, Nick Saban probably saw something in Tua and gave Tua the starting job. And even when the season starts, week by week, they practice. So... I don't know if the team responded uh, more to Tua or not throughout the season. I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, also, even when he brought Jalen in to beat uh, Georgia for the SEC championship. So, I mean, I really don't know. I really can't. I'm sure uh, my homies who are Alabama fans, they probably you know dug up info more than I have, but I don't know. Of course, for Jalen's future, transferring will be the best bet. Because I'm sure if he's a backup the whole time, you know, NFL scouts might not look at him a certain might not look at him, you know, as a starting quarterback or whatever the case may be. So I do understand him wanting to transfer and get a, pro- a possible starting position. I do get it. You know, I just wish him, wish him the best, man. I'm positive Alabama fans. Y'all cannot be discouraged or you know, bash Jalen's name for, you know, transferring, man. You can't. And I think they say Tua Little Brother is going to be at Alabama next year. So, I mean, I mean, what can you do? Just wish Jalen the best, man. He gave y'all a national championship. And he put y'all in position to win another one. And he came back in the SEC championship this past year and won. So, I mean, y'all just got to be grateful, man. Like me with Haskins. I wanted Haskins to stay. But I understand, man. Get your money. We have a new uh, coach, new offense coordinator. I wanted him to stay because he would have stayed. Justin Fields could have, you know, saw how the offense was going. And probably, you know, if Haskins would have left next year and Fields come in, you know. I just want to see how how everything played out with Fields, man, in Ohio State. I'll be tuned in to see where Jalen go. Uh, NFL playoff, we got the conference championship coming. I still don't know who I want to pick. It's hard to go against Brady, man. It's hard to go against Brady, but Mahomes is balling. Mahomes is balling. And the Saints and Rams, I 
I think I think the Saints have home field, and that Superdome it gets loud. So I'm just hoping for great games and an even better Super Bowl, man. So yeah, man, y'all just stay tuned for all that. Yo, it's another week, so you know I got another playlist for y'all, man. This week, my favorite, well, 15 of my favorite future records, man. Future Hendrix, bro. 15 of my favorite records from Future. Make sure y'all check that out, man. Salute. discouraged over the weekend, man. Uh, was it last Wednesday, Wiz and Currency announced the joint tour, the 2009 tour. It's coming up on their 10-year anniversary of their uh, High Fly mixtape. So they're going on a joint tour. And if you know me, man, Wiz, Currency, and Matt Miller, that's been my theme music since like my senior year in high school, bro. Like, I remember the exact day my cousin, he graduated in 2010, and that same weekend, he was like, bro, you heard uh, that new Wiz Khalifa cushion OJ? And I was like, nah. He let me play it that day. Ever since then, it been Wiz Currency and Matt Miller. So, as a fan, of course, I was like, bro, I don't care what day it's on. It's going to be an Atlanta show. I'm like, bro, I got to go. When I first heard it, I was like, bro, there's no, no doubt about it. So, they announced it Wednesday. Tickets went on sale Friday morning at 10. So around 10, 15, I got on Ticketmaster, whatever, whatever. It said I was like the thousandth person in line. <laughs> I was like, is this a sneaker drop, an iPhone drop, or is this tickets for a concert? Like, I was like 1,112 person in line. I was like, oh, it's a wrap. I know I'm not. Either I'm getting in, either I'm not getting in, or I'm getting in off a resale ticket. It's at the Buckhead Theater. Yeah, uh, I was a little discouraged, man. I was like, bruh. Like, I know I saw a few people on Twitter saying uh, the venue itself already kind of small, but I never been, so I can't, I don't know. But I know for a fact, Wiz by himself is going to attract a big crowd. Like, Wiz alone, like, his his reach, he, like, he reaches different type of people, so... Wiz alone is going to attract the big crowd. And plus Currency, he has a cult following for years. And everyone always gets that Currency, including myself, because every time he does an Atlanta show, it's during like an odd day. Like, we need a Friday or Saturday night Currency. I'll take a Sunday night Currency show, man. But I was upset, man. They got a, I don't know, it's their anniversary tour. I'll say they could add Burner from Taylor Gang. Juicy J, a big crit. They can add a couple more people, man. Get a good, good little venue for that. But currency himself, he's kind of a small venue type of artist anyway. So, I would, I am upset though. I hope they do another tour. You know, eventually, Wiz and Currency. I really want to see that, but, bro, if I'm the thousand person in line, <laughs> like not a hundred, a thousand, I already knew it was a route, So. Kind of discouraged by that. So, man, on to more music. It's been an odd little weekend in music, to say the least. We still haven't got 
an official. I think Crit dropped something, but no, Crit dropped all his uh the little two three songs I was saying like a couple episodes ago. He been dropping. I think he just added all that into one project. But we still haven't like got an official project from anyone, at least on my radar. We haven't. And uh, I'm going to get the future in a minute. But first we have uh, Ray Schremer. Ray Schremer, uh, Slim Jimmy, he announced they broke up, whatever the case may be. Then he went on to say it's shrimp for, it's shrimp for life. Him and Sway Lee were seen together. But this has been like an ongoing conversation for the past few years, ever since Sway Lee's branched off. Ain't no different sounds he's doing. and People feel it coming that they're going to break up. But those guys been... You know, brothers for years, man. Like that was the business. That was the business to do. That was the business to do. Like certain groups, like you don't see ASAP around, like like clicked up like they used to be. Uh, Migos still intact, but you know they like blood related. So, but that was the business to do, man. They try to separate people, trying to make one the quote unquote Beyonce of the group. But I hope they don't break up, man. Those guys, they bring some great music. You know, no matter, you know, the occasion, Ray Shrimp music still going to, out of their albums, bro, you can make a good little playlist out of their albums. Like, no lie. And also, man, Lil Uzi. Lil Uzi verse saying he's quit rapping. Like, like I said, man, the business. Lil Uzi. People have been saying for years Lil Uzi has a bad contract with Atlantic. Personally, I got on Lil Uzi like 2015, 2016 when that whole little new wave of artists start coming in. I know 21 was in that bunch. It was 21 and Uzi for me. Those are the only two I really like 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 that. And also Playboy Cardi. But Cardi was like even more underground then when Uzi and 21 started popping. But Uzi, man, people have been telling him for a minute now he needs to get out of his contract with Atlantic. Uzi is too talented. And too big to be on Atlantic. And what it was, he had uh, those Love and Rage mixtapes. And, like, each of his mixtapes, he'll have, like, one or two songs that'll catch. Like, they'll catch. And then he had that EXO Tour Life in Atlantic. You know, they put money behind it. You know, be on radio, all over the internet, whatever the case may be. Had a, he After that uh, song, he was able to, you know, drop his album. And now he just in the stand still. He dropped that new song, that uh, New Protect, when he was on Instagram dancing to it. It didn't catch on like people wanted it to. My opinion, it was too long. That's been the knock on it. It is too long. If he would have just did that first beginning, that first verse, and then that hook again, it would have been straight. But it was too long for it to catch on, I guess, for radio politics. You know, too long of a song for the radio. And uh, now he's saying, you know, they're holding his his album up. You know, that's the game these labels play. They hold your album up when you can't catch a single. That's why they throwing Cardi B out there like that. Like, you can't, your single don't catch up. These labels not going to put money to your uh, album. Even though, like I said before, Uzi is very talented. And Uzi has a big fan base. And I want Uzi to get his, get himself together, man. Get it together. We need Uzi, man. <laughs> we need Uzi, man. Whether it's his music, uh, the dancing... Just the way he be, you know, acting in front of the camera, man. We need Uzi, man. We need Uzi around, bro. And my one of my other artists, my favorite artist, well, he ain't my favorite, but one guy I go to bat for, man, now, 
from Toronto. He with EXO with the weekend. He said if Uzi quits, he quitting. Uzi reposted saying Nav is one person who always got my back. And man, that's what I like to see, bro. Y'all, y'all can say what y'all want about Nav. Nav don't bother nobody, bro. <laughs> Nav do not bother anyone. Nav just record his music, bro. And well, them Balenci, them ugly be Balenciaga shoes. Nav don't bother nobody, man. Lay off of Nav. But the thing about Nav and Uzi, more more so Uzi, well, both of them really. A lot of their songs that are really, really good, they've already been leaked. Especially Nav. No, Nav, a lot of his good songs already been leaked. Uzi puts out great snippets of songs. That's what it is. Uzi can give you a good little 30, 30 second to a minute clip of a song, and you just waiting to hear. You will go back to the song like it's a full full record. That's the problem. And I don't know what his situation is. I don't know if he has records ready or what. But Uzi saying he's quitting. It's like the third, fourth day since he's announced it. I would say it's a plan to get his album. You know, people ready for his album. But he's saying the label holding the album. I don't think an album's coming no time soon. But we need to free Uzi, man. We need to free Uzi. <laughs> we need Uzi around, bro. We need Uzi around. We need Ray Shrimmer. To stay together, man. Just for the young, just for the young people's sake, bro. We need a little energy. It's been kind of quiet. So now, Future Hendrix. I said last week, Future did announce his album coming out. I think it's called The Wizard. It's coming out this weekend. With this, my main question is: How important is this new album is to Future's career? That's the question. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying this album is making or breaking Future's career. I'm not saying that. But if you go and check how Future moving lately, he's taking a different approach to this album. That would make me think, like, how how important is this is this album to Future, to his career? Like I said last week, I believe I haven't seen many people like talk about this, but I'm sure I saw a post saying. This is an Apple Apple exclusive album. You can only get it on Apple Music. I'm positive I saw that somewhere. So, I said I figured he was going to do a sit-down interview with some one of the guys from Apple, Ebro, Zane Lowe, somebody doing an exclusive Apple interview future, whatever the case may be. But he did drop a documentary. He dropped a documentary on uh, Apple Music. I haven't watched it because I streamed with Tidal. <laughs> But I do see like a lot of people like reposting the Andre three thousand clip saying future makes the most uh negative inspirational music. I'm not sure that's the exact quote, but you know, he makes music so good so uh so good, but the thing he talk about can kill you quick. <laughs> and I've been saying this for a minute. Future is the one artist, I'm gonna knock on wood, God forbid, if something happened to future. We can't walk around being shot. <laughs> I'm sorry. We can't walk around being shot. My favorite, when people ask me why I say that, my favorite quote from Future, from Codeine Crazy, drown in the activist suicide. That's all you need to know. Drown in the activist suicide. So, like I said, God forbid something happened in the future, y'all. We can't be, you know what I'm saying, oh my God, what what happened with Future? He been saying in his music. I know for a fact a good five years now. I know for a fact. 
So he he did a documentary. Another reason why I asked, oh, the documentary is nothing new for future with these rollouts. Uh, if you haven't already on YouTube, he has a documentary around the Honest album when he was with Sierra and how he said Sierra wanted to do all this and like he was going like fashion shows. Like he was moving different with Sierra with the Honest album. And I think before DS2 came out, he did um, Bat Like I Never Left. I want to say it was after the three-peat, the Monster, Beast Mode, 56 Nights. I want to say it was after that and before DS2. So those on YouTube already. And those are really good documentaries. And I've been hearing great things about this new documentary, too. I just haven't saw it because I don't have Apple Music. I'm on title. So. But like I said, I believe he's he's trying to prove a point with this album because he's doing way more radio interviews. Like I said, I thought he was going to do one, like just one with Apple Music, but he's doing like, he did like a whole little West Coast run. And I haven't watched none of the interviews because, like I said before, I haven't been that invested in Future for a minute. I think, I want to say probably Purple Rain. After Purple Rain, I was like, okay. So the reason I asked why, like, is this uh, album important to Future? Because let's take, a, let's take a quick little history thing on Future. Uh, contrary to popular belief, and I have people that can vouch for this, and I'm sure I can dig, uh, dig up some old tweets. When Future first came out, I was not the biggest Future fan. I was not the biggest Future fan when he first came out, and to this day, I'm still not a fan of R&B Future. Like, when people saying they love the Hendrix album, I can't, I'm like, it wasn't for me. And people look at me like, bro, that was one of the best albums. I mean, it might have been, but to me, I like hallucinating. Uh, I think the joint with the weekend. I think probably one more. But as a body of work, it just wasn't for me. Especially coming off the fact he just dropped the uh, the self titled Future album a couple weeks before then. I like trap, ratchet, disrespectful future music. The only uh, future R and B record I can say I really like is the second part of Throwaway. <laughs> And that's still disrespect, uh, disrespect for Future, for real. So let's take a quick quick little history break on Future, man. Let's see. Future, when did Future first get on the scene? I'm going to say, let's count rats on rats. Let's just count rats on rats. That was, what, 2010, 2011? So Future's almost 10 years in the game. I'm positive he had records before then, but let's just say Future... Is pushing up on a decade in the game. Let's just say that. And he's already been going through like multiple stages with the Dirty Sprite. Still, Dirty Sprite is like one of those, you know, you can dig up in the ground, somebody dig it up years later, and they're like, oh my God, like what was, these are people listening to. You know what I'm saying? One of those. And what really had me on Future, when I heard on True Story, that ain't nowhere around it. That's like one of the few, that's easily a future top 10 to me. Like, easily. Like, no debate. True story. Uh, what else he had? Streets Calling, another one. A great one. Streets Calling. Astronaut Stat is probably my favorite future mixtape. Astronaut Stat. Well, not favorite future. At the time, it was my favorite future mixtape. But when Future lost me, he had those great mixtapes. The only time Future lost me in that era, that damn Pluto album. Oh, my God. You talk, I know for a fact I have some old tweets talking about that album. I, I was just, 
I was disappointed. He had a song with Parachute with R. Kelly. He had a couple. He had a couple songs on there that I'm tripping. Straight up, astronaut chick, homicide. Uh, of course, same downtime. Imagine all those kind of old. Uh, uh, long live pimp. He had a few on the album, but as a whole, that wasn't the album I wanted. You can't give me a bitch gonna be a bitch, a hoe gonna be a hoe, ain't nowhere around it. Then come back with a song, turn on the lights. Oh look, come on, I, bro, I couldn't stand that damn record. Turn on the lights. I couldn't stand that record. I still can't stand the record. So that's when Future lost me with that. But at the same time, he had that album, but Future had so many Lucy tracks with that Double Cups and Molly, uh, Trending Topic, Hard. Future had some records, man. He was still like a South, you know, a South, you know, a Southern artist at that point. He wasn't Future at the time. Like, people didn't respect Future at that time like that in the industry like they do now. The auto-tune and all that. No. That was still like a South thing. Like, we praised Future down here when he did all that. Double cuts, all that. So then, we got Honest. And that's when he had the record with uh, Kanye. Uh, but honestly... Honest, the Honest album brought two future songs that I feel like are very underrated. That's that Never Satisfied with Drake. And one of my favorite future records is T-Shirt. I think T-Shirt is probably the future most underrated record from that Honest album. From Future Period, that T-Shirt. I don't think people even came across that song yet. The video, just, you know, random, walking through the A. I love T-shirt. That, that record is hard, in my opinion. <laughs> and then he come back with, like I said, he had an album. He come back with some looses, that trending topic. All that was around that era. Karate Chop. He had that FBG mixtape family, that family FBG mixtape. Uh, chosen One. Uh, like I said, Karate Chop. Like Future, he had a few. He had the... Uh, uh, what that song with Drake? He got uh, for real. Like Future, he stayed consistent within these ten years. But that Pluto album and the Honest album, that was a little shaky for me. Like he had moved that dope and all that, but it was still a little. It didn't feel like this what Future really wanted to do, in my opinion. So he had Honest, and he just dipped out for a minute. And before the monster tape. I don't know how many people up on this track that break the rules with Metro. And the cover art was, I think, Jason. Jason Voorhees, I think. And I think that was, this was before Monster. I think this was like the song that they announced Monster 2. And Break the Rules is a hard record, too. I'm about to do two parts to this future uh, playlist. Because <laughs> Future got a lot of lucid tracks that I really like. So he did that, and I was like, okay, Metro, because we know Metro for doing the Karate Chop beat at the time, and Metro been a, been around for a minute with the Gucci records and all that. So I'm like, okay, this kind of little dark, little future, you know, beat, and future sound right. I always said future always sound right on dark records with the dark beats, and some will make you feel like you in space. Like, those are when future, like, in his bag, like, those dark Metro beats, Southside beats, Sunny Digital beats, 
and those out of space Mike Wills, Beethoven type beats. Those the only with this next album that coming out this weekend, I want to hear Mike Will, Southside, Sunny Digital, Zaytoven, Metro, uh, who else from the uh, South? Uh, I want to hear Esco somewhere, and uh, Esco got to do a, a a skit or something. I want to hear nothing but that era future. He come with Monster, Beast Mode, Fifty Six Nights, DS Two. I don't need to say nothing about those. That's like somebody getting to perfect. We'll never see a run like that in that short short period of time. We'll never, we'll never see another run like that. Many will try. <laughs> Many did try after Future did that run to drop mixtape after mixtape. It didn't catch on, and he didn't do it week by week. He did monster what October November, Beast Mode came, Fifty Six Nights. And at the end, he topped it off with DS2. Easy, easily a top three run ever in rap. I'll put Wayne run at 08, 07, 08. That future run. Uh, who else? Who had a run like that like for a, a good year? You just kept... Future High, bro. Like, that's when the whole Future High, like, people really, like, Monster is, like, perfect. Beast Mode, he, he gave us some of the, all Zaytoven. 56 Nights, I think that just came about when the whole Esco situation came. And DS2, he just, <coughs> I mean, DS2, what, you can't, you can't bash DS2, man. The only thing about those that I hate that people say, though, is he did it with no features. He had features. Wayne was on Monster. That uh after that, that track with Wayne. Scooter and Juvenile was on Beast Mode. And he had uh Drake on uh DS2. That's the only thing I hate when people say about that future run. He did it with no features. He had features. <laughs> it ain't like no no nobody you can, you know, shy away from. He got Wayne, Scooter, Juvenile, and Drake. Those ain't no names you just skip when you talk about features, bro. You know what I'm saying? Show them boys some respect. So after that, after DS2, he went on the, um, no. This is why I feel like Future, well, he didn't really mess this up, but I feel like this was the rushing part. He did DS2. I think, in my opinion, a lot of, I like a lot of, mostly I run that from uh, start to finish, but a lot of people was aiming towards stick talk. And that's one thing I do like about Future Run that time. He was giving videos for most of all the songs I like. That Blood on the Money video still one of the hardest videos that came out in recent memory. And they just all, and all black at a funeral. But this is when I think the pressure started coming on Future. They were like, Future and Drake should link up. Future and Drake should link up. So Future and Drake linked up. It gave us what a time to be alive. In my opinion, I can listen to it, but I have to be in a, I want to listen to the, a what a time to be alive type of feeling. I can't just, you know what I'm saying? But 
I do feel like they would have took their time with it because they were just showing videos of them in the studio. If they would have took more time with it, that could have been a great, great album. I think Drake really just got in the future bad, really, with you know Metro and all that. But it served its purpose. It served its purpose. And then Future came with Purple Rain, which I grew to like. At first, I was on the you know, iffy side, but I, I grew to like it. Evolve, I didn't really... I like a, I like a couple songs, but that's the thing. After DS2, it became a point where I just started liking a couple songs by Future on the albums and mixtapes. And like I said, last year he did Beast Mode 2, and I didn't even listen to the one he had with Juice World. So that's why I'm... I'm thinking Future, he doing these interviews now. He did a documentary. Even the album cover looks like a little monsterish. And that's basically what I want. Like I said, the producers I named are well, the producers I really want to hear Future on. I don't want to hear Future go to a different sound or experiment. Like, give us, just give us that Future. You know what I'm saying? You got, you all in the old shade room and doing these one-liners. It's an evil, evil world. You duck to you duck too slow, <laughs> you know, doing all this. So just, just give a disrespect for future, man. Come on, that's all we at. That's all I ask. Just give a disrespect for future. And I know the day it come out, everybody's gonna listen to it. So I'm for sure gonna come back next week and get my opinion on. It. I'm definitely gonna wake up going to work listening to that, of course. Beast mode two. I still get future that. I still, if Future drop an album, I, mean, I am stopping what I'm doing and listening to it. But when you tell me Future and Juice World, nah, I'm cool on that. I'll let everybody else tell me how it is. And if I come across it one day, I'll come across it. But it wasn't really on my old Future, Juice World. I got to stop. Nah, man. Nah. And also, I did touch on last week again, the Dreamville. I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. I don't know what last week. We last week I just heard. You know, we just know. You know, Cole. They announced they could be in LA recording. They recording still, but over this past week, we seen. I saw pictures of Rick Ross, Wale. Uh, like I said, uh, the guy Benny, Tanner Talk Three, a couple episodes ago, he was there. Uh, Isaiah Rashad. Uh, who else? Multiple Zaytoven, multiple uh, producers were there. Big Crit was there. I don't know what J. Cole and Dreamville are cooking up. I don't know if it's going to be like a two-disc compilation album. I don't know. But I'm ready for it. <laughs> I don't know what. I, I honestly don't. Imagine Rick Ross and Cole on the record. Oh, And then they got Justice League there like... I don't know what Cole doing, man, but I'm ready for it. And they walking around with the Thanos, the uh, Avengers, Thanos, little gold glove with the Infinity Stones on it. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> like like uh, Drake said, scary hours, man. We don't know when it's going to be done. I think they had like a 10-day period, so I think this week it should be finished. And I read an article, a guy, he's there, he he asked, like, Cole manager, is it okay for him to write this, like, quick little article? It's like a good little two paragraphs. And he's saying the reason they're recording it within these 10 days because this is, like, the only time of the year all a Dreamville count is free. 
So they're just going to lock in in Atlanta, invite people from everywhere. So I don't know. And I saw one guy post, uh, it was one day, I think Thursday or Friday, only certain people were allowed at the studio. So people were saying, was that the day Drake came? Was that the day Jay-Z came? Was that the day Kendrick came? You know, we don't know. Unless you're there, you really don't know what's going on. Like, nobody's tweeting out no inside information. The only thing we see in this pictures. Like, if you if you want, you go follow Dreamville on Instagram. You see all the pictures of the people that's there. They in different rooms, cooking up. I'm just ready for it. And I'm ready for this future album, man. The, the album cover had me ready, more ready for the album, honestly. The album cover really got me, like, excited for the album. It's crazy that sound. Not the not the track list, but the album cover. So is this album really important to Future? Because Future doesn't do interviews like that. Like, he did, like, a whole West Coast run. And lately, people want to say his music been, you know, good, but I hold Future to at least astronaut status, Streets Calling, uh, and that monster to DS2 run. That's what I need to hear. I understand artists grow and all that, but I mean it's future, bro. Just give me some disrespect for future ratchet music, bro. <laughs> Just give me that's all I ask for, future. That's all I ask for. So I know everybody's gonna be tuned into that album this week. I'm still waiting to hear what uh Dreamville's gonna do, man. I'm still waiting. So hopefully we, hopefully uh, this future album kick off the new year right with music. Like I said before, nobody on my radar has dropped the album yet. So, yeah. Yo, man, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Episode 11, Stash House Podcast. I do want to go back and say the future album is not an Apple exclusive. I know I kept on saying that, but the documentary was. So my bad on that. But yeah, next episode I will be reviewing the future album, man. I got high hopes for this album. He released the feature play features on the album also. So just be you know, ready for that next episode. But till then, man, y'all keep it easy out there, man. Y'all bundled up. Y'all stay safe out here, man. Keep me in your prayers. I'll do the same for y'all. And I'll catch y'all next week, man. Salute.